Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and do not let your hearts be troubled. We're trusting in God, but we're also trusting in Pod. Today, we're talking about what it means to know God. Dave is not here to talk to us about his sermon, but now, like Thomas, they have no idea where we're going. Let's show them the way and welcome in our favorite troubled hearts, Marin and Amy. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> welcome, guys. Hello. Amy, yeah, no berry today. Check out this configuration. Yeah, look at I us. Know, it's a little frightening. Uh, yeah. Just let's just get this right out of the way. Barry's not here. No. Dave's not here because uh, they are, They. Uh, if you saw the sermon this past weekend, you know Dave's mom passed away. And so they are out in Pennsylvania. Yeah, like driving right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're out there for the funeral and services and stuff like yes. that. So yeah. uh, thinking about them, praying mm-hmm. that for them this week. Um, but we will venture on without them. I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more mm. later, but Amy, welcome back. Thanks. This is very exciting. That is, that, okay. <laughs> yep. That's about right. Yeah. That is about right. You've always said if I ever need a co-host to step in and yeah, you, I'm waiting for my big break. I gave you the bat signal and you <laughs> have responded. You're I here. came right. I mean, I came as fast as I could. Yep. So exciting. All right. So start Just in like, what's right new? In. What's going on? <laughs> Uh, go, Marin. You go. You well, go first. Gosh, I, I just, I feel like mine is a downer. That's all right. Like there's good things going on. Like, you know, kids involved in stuff, doing sure. great things, yeah. great things with their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just got off the phone with my husband driving here to do this pod. Um, he just met with his surgeon. Oh no. His knee surgeon. We are kicking off the year 2020 with a massive knee surgery. Um, I feel a chill in the air. Oh, for yes. real. I feel a chill in the air. He said he... <laughs> what is going on? Wait, isn't his appendix still touch and go? <laughs> he mentioned the appendix thing and he's like, man, if I would have had appendix surgery last year, that would have been two surgeries, two years in a row. Yeah, I know. What, what's what wrong said. with his knee? So yes. he hurt himself at work and How did he... he ended up, he has a torn ACL. Isn't he a teacher? Um, yeah, he works at a school, Yeah, but my husband's job, he works with, um, students that all have, uh, behavioral. So he's doing a lot of physical stuff. He is. His job is, yeah. I mean, every teacher's job is physical, but his job is particularly challenging because of the, uh, self-contained classrooms that he works in. So anyhow, he hurt himself at work and he's got a tear in both of his meniscus discs as well as a torn ACL. Oh my word. And he says the surgeon was maybe a what ACL, a tear. Like wow. Torres ACL. Yeah, it's the, terrible. The surgeon was less concerned about that and more concerned about the tear in the meniscus discs because I guess that could. The meniscus is discus. I'm just going to say meniscus <laughs> discus because discs plural sounds better than like menisci, but right. anyway, <laughs> that's what the surgeon was more concerned about that that could be um, torn worse or create further complications and whatever. But he, he dropped the bomb on Jed that we're looking at somewhere within the next two weeks Wow! that like the surgery is like now imminent. It's, it's very imminent. It's going to cancel, um, weekend getaways. It's going to cancel vacation. Oh no. Where are you guys going? His birthday is February the 7th. So he will be laid up. (laughs) 
Ringing a bell. Ringing a bell. bell. Can you bring me? That is why I feel a chill in the air. Yes. I know it's not going to reflect well on me, but he hurt himself one other time where he was like laid up. And it was when our kids were toddlers. So it was that's worse. Yeah. But I do remember him sitting on the couch with a little bell. Ding, ding. Are you a good nurse? (laughs) Awkward silence. I really don't think that I'm a good nurse. Oh, I'm not either. I'm I'm terrible. I am. It's going to be a rough. So, how long will he be off his? knee like uh, how long he does he have to doing nothing whatsoever for two weeks and then you know physical therapy and things like that light duty i think on work for the next what they say three months or more oh my I, goodness i don't know it's it's light a big deal. duty i know that is how I mean, do you do that i don't know In with his, his role, job i was gonna say it doesn't right. sound like light duty no. ever no never That's so okay injured. wow how are you? You just got off the phone. How are you <laughs> processing this at this moment in time? It is just one more thing to add to the already. Yeah. What are we doing? Jed, you got to wait. All right. Picture. You can, no yes. two weeks surgery. We, we need a little buffer. No. Oh, my goodness. No, that. No. Anyway. See, you need to lay low. That's for, why I didn't want to start. I'm the downer. I think you need to lay low for two weeks and ring your bell, <laughs> and just, then he can have a surgery. Just, just want to ring a bell. Just ring a bell. That's yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. So he's having surgery. He's having surgery. Are the kids like? Does anybody care? Listen, we care a lot. We care a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, so he's been icing it for weeks now, like just elevating it and icing it the minute he gets home from work and yeah. But he uses, he likes to use my vegetables when he's icing his knee. And that was enough to like put me through the roof. Right, like right. You're defrosting the peas right. and then you're refreezing the peas. And, then and you're, you're putting them on their knee. And what if I grab that bag to eat it? And it has been defrosted Off with their heads. 25 times. Yes. Then he went to grab for my butternut squash and that's where I drew you the do line. You not touch my butternut squash. You do not squash. touch the squash. You don't know the, the work that went into prepping that squash. <laughs> yeah. The orange hands... Could you just put some little ice baggies in there? And Wouldn't you think? Just grab Wouldn't those. Wouldn't you just think yes. that the ice machine would be enough? But he <laughs> likes the, the weight distribution of the uh, peas. Gotcha. I mean, they do say <laughs> to use frozen vegetables. Yes, they do. Who is but they? The I internet. Don't know. The, the internet. internet. Jed said there's some sort of like ice pack that comes with like little beads. Like yeah, peas, there are. And that maybe that would kind of replicate the yeah. peas. That's the only way Jeff would use peas at all because he hates them so much that yeah. he would only use them to ice something because he, he does not enjoy them. Yeah. If there's so. one thing I've learned about your relationship, it is turn Jed loose on internet purchases. <laughs> so if there's a, if there's something out there that he thinks is going to help, just turn him loose. You know what? That's going to be awesome for two weeks of laying around <laughs> no. is all I have to say. There's a no. lot of internet purchasing that can happen yeah. when you're laying yeah. well, around. Well, we know about your addictions. I'm over those. I have not bought anything from that website yeah. for months. What was it? Pick your plum? Pick your plum. <laughs> I saw it the other day and I just skipped right over it. I didn't even look. Wow. I'm getting better. Oh, Growth. I know. Oh, I am man. growing. I'm growing. Uh, Amy, what's new with you? Oh, well, I'm laughing. I'm going to tell a husband's story, too, just because we started off that way. So Yeah, girl power today uh, on the pod. Yeah, I, I know. you. Yeah, this is going to be a great day for you. So Jeff has challenged my son, Will. He's at school now, his freshman year in college, Will, is, and he's 19. And so they've been talking about getting in shape and stuff. And so Jeff has challenged Will to 100 push-ups a day. Your husband has challenged my son, your 19 year old son (laughs) to 100 pushups a day. So the two of them are supposed to be doing 100 pushups a day. So Jeff, every time he does it, he sends Will the 100 emoji. You know that? Yeah. 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 
so Will is like not responding ever to any <laughs> of his. I mean, he responds to some texts, but never to the hundred. Yeah. Like never responds back that he's done a hundred, mm-hmm. never anything. So Jeff today was like, I'm done. I'm not texting him anymore. So Will's not done. giving him any feedback. Given, not, not, a, not a like way to go, dad, or sending a hundred back like I did my So Will's 100. not participating. Well. We don't know. We I'm assuming knowing Will, no, he's not, he's not participating. <laughs> yeah. So today I talked to Jeff and we were just talking about, you know, when our kids don't respond to us, which our two older ones just seem to out of sight, out of mind, like they do not <laughs> care about us at all. And so he said, I'm done. I'm not sending him my hundreds anymore, which I'm like, oh, Jeff, that's really going to you've really yeah. stuck it. To You'll Will show on him. One. You so will show I, him. So I just got a text right before the pod started with the hundred emoji. And he said, <laughs> He said, I have to send it to someone. (laughs) So now, apparently. You can send it to me. Yeah, you can. And I will give you positive reinforcement every time. So I did give him a thumbs up emoji just so he knows I want him to get some acknowledgement. Hang on, is he doing 100 push-ups in a row? Or just like kind of spreading through the course the of the day, he will have completed. Do I could do like two I every couple of hours. I think he does them all at the same time. Oh he my may, but he may not do like a hundred like reps. He'll stop, I'm sure, and break. Is and he then, training for an Ironman or something? I don't know what he's doing. He's always got these like physical thing, physical fitness goals, and yeah. he does physical things with his life. Yes, yeah, he does. That's yeah, he does. Although he's. Yeah, Jen, he, no more. <laughs> no, I know. Well, no, 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 no. On his phone update, he's like, "Well, and and the surgeon said I could get back to playing half court ball maybe in six months, and then full court ball." This is maybe, what he's concerned about. Maybe not for another nine months. This, oh is yeah. what he is concerned <laughs> about. Yeah. Yes. I was saying to Maren when she told me because I happened to be with her when she found out last week we yeah. were in a meeting together when Jed texted. And I said, probably the saddest day of Jeff's life is when he realized he probably can never play basketball again. His knees just won't. He can't. He that cannot do it. Day. So maybe they should uh, challenge they, each other. He could do push-ups. Yeah. yeah. Right? Wall, maybe wall leans. Yeah. Maybe totally. right now. Yeah. Yeah. J- Jeff and Jed. They perfect. Total fitness. Perfect. Buddies. 100 push-up challenge buddies. Yeah. And then maybe <laughs> maybe Jed can can make Jeff believe that he can get his knees back in shape. If, or they, if Jed or can survive this you surgery. You just commiserate we'll that neither one of them can play basketball I know. again. It's a hard thing to give up for guys that love playing it. It really yeah. is. I didn't understand it at first, but I think... And he can correct me if I'm wrong. And he is a loyal listener, so he will hear us talking about him at length. Yeah. Um, but I think it's the loss of a community. Yeah. I think his his some of his closest friends, like the friends that he hangs out with mm-hmm. after work, it's it's the basketball yep. guys. And not being able to hang out is yep. probably worse than not being able to play the yep. game itself. Well, I heard a rumor about his community. Did you? Yeah. Uh-oh. Jed and I had a, about six weeks ago-ish... Had a wonderful experience at Donuts and Dragons. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is, this, an, is know, this another game? <laughs> no, it's a place where you play games. Ugh, and eat donuts? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love the donut part. Yeah. Okay. So, smash cut to last week. Jed, he volunteers in high school. Yes. Merge, right? Yes, he does. Okay. I hear that he is taking his entire merge group to Donuts and Dragons Yes. for gaming. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So there's your new community, Jed. Forget about basketball. <laughs> donuts and dragons. See you there. Nothing nothing like giving up giving up basketball and going to donuts. That sounds yeah. like progress. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys are going to miss me when I'm gone. And by the way, 
This is probably my last pod for a while. Yes. Right. So you're so going to know what it feels like real quick. For what me to be is gone. your last? Have you like set? Are you just waiting till she goes into labor? So you baby said, benders do on Saturday. Right. Um, the doctor today, Lauren had her appointment today and the doctor is asking about like inducing and all that right, stuff. Right, right, right. Um, and she, of course, said, sure. When? I don't know. I don't know. What, we haven't talked about it. Uh, I don't know if she said that. but I would she be said like, that, sure. She said the doctor was like, if you want to have the baby by this weekend, we can do that. But I don't think, I think Lauren just kind of wants to wait. Mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't want to wait past when the baby's ready to come out. She was ready for the baby to come out. Oh, yeah. With three number days two, ago. you're ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if she's ready to be induced. I don't even know what that means. We don't have to explain it on Between Sundays, but like, I don't, I don't really know what that it's means. It's a lot of information. Yeah. I'm just going to tell Amy you. Amy and I, I'm sure, are well. No, nah, we're good. Oh, right. Of we're good. We'll totally. wait for Barry to get back, and then we can all talk about it. All right. So Dave's not here, so he can't talk about his sermon, but I'm trusting that you guys have both talked. You both have seen it. Seen it. Yep. So we're going to talk about it, mm-hmm. and we're going to... Uh, we saw it in the same place, Amy. We sure did. We were both. We were together on this, weekend. this weekend. Oh, cool! It was fun. Hmm. So we're going to talk about that and talk about context of relief, mm-hmm. which is the third week of our sermon series. Relief. One more week yep. of relief. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And so he focused on John fourteen primarily, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples. Right? Can I say one thing before we start? Oh, sure. Interrupt the, the big idea. Sorry. Yeah. yeah go ahead. <laughs> But we had, I think we had around 50 baptisms this weekend, which I Whoa. think is Across really cool. Yeah. I yeah. think that's amazing. That is awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There was a line second hour at Fishers. Yes. Like they were, they were, you couldn't get them their shorts and shirts fast enough and get them changed. Like they that were, they were lining up. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It was very, it was really very um, celebratory. It was yeah. very cool. Very hmm. cool. So I just wanted to mention that before we dig into yeah. the. So he's focusing on John 14. And Jesus is talking to his disciples. Is this at the the Last Supper that he's doing this? Uh, yes, yes, it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're very yeah. prepared. No, the, I mean the the whole the, every message in this sermon series is is that that period of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yes. And so Dave's big idea. He said it a number of times. So I'm I'm assuming this was his big idea, which is if you see and know Jesus, you will entrust yourself to him. And when you entrust yourself to him, you will be at peace for your future will be in his hands. And so I want to start the conversation about that big idea by just talking about how Dave started the sermon. Really? He opened up mm. on Saturday at 146th street, a couple hours after he learned that his mom passed away yeah. and it was a very emotional. I'm pretty sure Fisher's had the video yeah. from yeah, that service, emotional. right? Yeah. Fisher's in North Indy. And so he opened up about his past few months, at least, or past few years experience with his mom. He showed a photo that mm-hmm. Barry has taken that is, is a photo of a gate. And on the other side of that gate is just like sunlight. Mm-hmm. And his, he said his mom used to say that that was a photo of, of glory. Mm. And so I just, I, I w- all I want to say about this part, and I want to hear how that impacted you guys, Amy, particularly you, because you know Dave's mom, right? Yeah. I mean, I've met her many, 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 many times throughout the years yeah. that I've known Dave. So yes. Yeah. The only thing I want to say is I've, I've gone to Grace since 1998 and I've worked here at Grace as 
part of staff since 2014. And there I've I've Dave has been a part of my life for most of my life. Hmm. But even I still like when I'm when I'm around him I'm like man I will never be <laughs> like pastor Dave. Like mm-hmm. that is that's a that's a pastor. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing it, there's like a I don't know shine or something to the pastors in my life that I'm like I can do, I can try to be the best person version of myself, but I'm never going to be like that. And Dave has kind of been that for me ever since I was 15 years old. And this weekend was the most like human and relatable I've ever seen Dave. He was very vulnerable, obviously very courageous to go out there and preach this message, mm-hmm. this message oh my goodness. about yeah. your future the day his mother passes away. But just the first like 15 minutes of that service mm-hmm. was the most human I've personally ever seen him. And mm-hmm. it was, it, I, all three of us have experienced some version of loss. And it, for me, it was the most like relatable mm-hmm. I've ever seen Dave Rodriguez. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I wanted to hear kind of your observations or thoughts about experiencing Well, um, like I said, Amy and I were both at the Fisher's campus this Sunday, which Mm. was really nice, very nice for me um, because it was my first month, my first Sunday back since my mother had passed. So I did Christmas Eve and then took the next couple of Sundays off as I got ready for her memorial and focused Mm. on all of those things. So this was my first Sunday kind of diving back in head Mm -hmm. first. And you know how, like, when we don't do the pod for a week and we're like, oh, will I even remember how to yeah. pod? Like, yeah. try not not doing your job for three <laughs> weeks. And then you're just everything. Will I remember to do this? And yeah. I, I I almost couldn't sleep. Oh, Saturday so you weren't night. just there. You were. No, she was leading, leading worship. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, it was. Yeah. First first official Sunday back in that capacity. And Saturday I couldn't hardly sleep. I. Um, oh, you were nervous got to the point where I had to wake Jed up to pray. It was just anxiety mm-hmm. of like, oh, here we go. Oh man. Like I knew that I'd be emotional. As Jed's like, first. yeah, can you pray for my knee too while you're at it? <laughs> he rang his bell. He was like, ding, ding. <laughs> no, he has always, always throughout our marriage said, if you ever just need to even wake me up, you know, mm. just wake me up and well, that's I'll pray cool. with you. So yeah. he did. And that was good that he did because I didn't know the subject matter. Oh yeah. We, we always do this thing before service where we kind of gather around and talk about what's going to happen, kind of, um, give a little precursor to what we're going to hear in the message and and things like that. So that's kind of where I first, um, realized, Oh, Oh dear. My first Sunday back is like heaven Sunday Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm. Dave just lost his mom Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Just for me. And it was one month for you too. One month to yep. the day oh my that goodness. my mom had passed. She passed on December 19th. So for me, Sunday was one month to yeah. the day. You just can't write that stuff, Mm-mm. you know? And yeah, there you are, your first Sunday back. And it's mm. all about this. And then he, he even referenced her mm-hmm. memorial at the end of his message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, I don't know. It, it was poetic. It was difficult and comforting at the same time mm-hmm. um, that this was my re-entry into kind of my normal rhythm of life, uh, at least on the weekend. Um, yeah, there were a couple of things, and I'm sure we'll get to it, but a couple of things he said in this message that immediately like gave me a flashback to an experience I had either in the days leading up to my mom's passing or in the days immediately following my mom's mm. passing and... In that way, I found it 
incredibly comforting. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. And it was again, good to have Amy there, um, on that first day back. And Amy, when we were having that kind of, this is what's going to happen in this service. I just felt the solidarity mm-hmm. from you, Amy. Why? She, what happened? Because she knew. She I knew. just knew it was going to be oh. hard. She knew it was one month to the day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that mm. it was, it, whenever there's baptisms, we love them, but it adds a level of complexity yes. to services. Um, so you kind of have to gear yourself for that. Right. So you're already geared for, especially for worship service. That's a little bit out of the ordinary kind of, um, how many songs do I have to do? (laughs) Kind of not forgetting any of the things. And there were a lot of moving parts. Well, yeah. If there's 50 people standing in line or whatever, I mean, she, she's looking over and thinking, okay, we'll do another interlude. Right now. Bring it back. Now add you're sobbing on your way to the stage because Dave just sang the the song you sang at your mom's memorial. Absolutely. Add that emotional component to it and then try to do all the things. So, yeah. And Jaden was on with you as well. So that, that, you know, you're also as a parent, always thinking, how are they absorbing all of this? How is he, um, he's such a, he's such a mature (laughs) young man that, um, he just, he kind of soldiers on, but, but I'm sure as a mom, you're looking and feeling everything that they feel on top of what you're feeling. And yeah, it it was a, it was a lot for her. It was a lot. And I mean, when the message in the rehearsal started and they played a fairly yeah. decent portion of it, I was just like, yeah, Lordy, Lordy. And I Dave mean, just crying. help her. And he's crying. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm not sure how she's going to yeah. manage this after this, this message. Yeah. So she was amazing and had a great group with her, a mm. band and vocals that were, um, great yeah. Group. So it was, it was, a it was, it ended up being very, um, powerful and appropriate Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. much as, as much as I think I was afraid of the subject matter being too raw and too Mm -hmm. fresh and too soon, it was very appropriate. Mm. And God's timing is Mm -hmm. always right on time. It's always perfect timing. And like Dave had said himself, he wanted to preach this message Mm -hmm. and little did he know that he'd be preaching it on the day that his mother went home to glory. I was thinking when he said that I'm so glad he wanted to because I did not. Like <laughs> when I saw the subjects for January, I was like, I do not want to speak on that one. Yeah. That is not the one. Not that I don't believe in it and and know that it's gonna. But I was like, oh no no no, give that to give that to the man that's been doing this for mm. a long. I mean, give it to our pastor. Mm-hmm. Let him let him pastor our congregation through this one because that is just too much for me to to me for me yeah. to do. So uh, he he did a amazing job and and it was it was appropriate i mean it was supposed to be him mm. no question about it it was supposed to be him so it was yeah, yeah so all that said dave's message was about the relief that we experience when we know god and by by that by the word no dave kind of goes through in his message some definitions or what he mm-hmm. uh what the words know and see and believe yeah mean. And so the word no, he said, is to understand through personal experience. This is not something that you know or understand intellectually. It's something that you know God because you've experienced God. And so in verse seven, chapter 14 of John, Jesus says, if you had really known me, you would know who my father is. And so I want to talk to you guys both about yourselves and your own experience in knowing God, but also you know, Amy, your mom and her condition, Marin, your situation past few years mm. journeying with your mom, like 
did you see this? Did you see this version of knowing in your parents or in yourselves? H- how is this different than just kind of intellectually? Like why, why did, why do you think Dave pointed out the difference between intellectual knowing and ex- knowing God through experience? I think, and I'm, I'm going to throw another word in there and maybe I'm jumping ahead, but he talked about knowing personally, experientially knowing, but I feel like he brought that into balance with the other word in this passage, which is trust Mm. because you can't always operate on, you know, your logic or your knowledge or even your past experience. Sometimes those memories fade away Mm -hmm. and you know, where are you now? And in those moments of sadness or frustration or, or in my case, dread, just dreading having to say goodbye to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the other word in this passage is trust, which yeah. he said was pisteo, pisteo, something. Pisteo. <laughs> um, I'm sure that's right. He says it's uh, belief or faith or trust mm-hmm. to be persuaded, to have confidence in. Uh, he says it's sometimes translated uh, trust, other times translated believe. Mm-hmm. And that was like, a defibrillator. Am I even saying that right? Yeah. In the service, when he said that, that that word in this passage, trust is translated trust other times believe. There was a moment right before my mom passed, I want to say, where I was home, you know, in, in my dad's house and grandma lives there full time. Grandma's a charismatic Catholic faithful, mm-hmm. uh, in her, uh, eighties now. Um, and she has these bright moments. She, she can say the craziest thing. She can refer to my boxer as a kitty and, you know, talk to my dog and call it such a good kitty. So I mean, she can go yeah. from being like in the throes of dementia to then saying the most profound thing I've heard probably in the last 15 years of my life. Mm-hmm. My dad was coming through the kitchen and he was emotional. Things were heavy and she was very sweet. She said to her son, she said, uh, is there anything you need right now? Can I get you anything? And I think in just a moment of pure vulnerability, he said, I need miracles, not excuses. Mm. You know, the love of his life is dying in the living room. He needs mm-hmm. miracles, not excuses. And he rounded the corner and I was sitting at the table with grandma and she said very softly, almost under her breath, but all you have is trust and belief. He was wanting miracles, mm-hmm. not excuses. But she said, but all you have is trust and belief and he will be with you. And it's like my 80 something year old grandma just turned. Did he like, hear her Yoda. say that? No, no, but I did. And it was one of those like jaw dropping moments of grandma's clarity mm-hmm. and precision and clear headedness. And mm-hmm. dad and I talked about it afterward. Of course, I had to tell him, mm-hmm. you will not believe what your mom said. Mm-hmm. All you have is trust or, and belief. Um. And he said, he said, I don't think dementia takes the Holy Spirit from you. Mm-hmm. And that was powerful to me that, you know, there's a scripture that talks about his strength being made perfect in our weakness. Mm-hmm. And grandma's definitely experiencing that uh, age related weakness and things are starting to, to go and functions are being lost. But more than once throughout this process, she was just like a lightning rod of truth and um 
aligning me to that truth Mm -hmm. when things were haywire in the house, when emotions were out of control and, and grandma just said the most profound thing. And then Dave repeated that in this message Mm -hmm. one month to the day after I lost my mother, Mm. that it's, it's that word I can't say it's bestuo trust and belief. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So there's a knowledge and there's an experiential knowledge and we all have different Mm -hmm. um, shades of that in the life that we've lived up to this point and in the faith that we've walked up to this point, that's all different. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that trust is universal. Yeah. And Barry's comment after experiencing your mom's service was it is an awe inspiring thing to, to go to a memorial service of somebody who knows Jesus. Mm. And after watching Dave's sermon, I, I mean, I, I totally understand and agree with what Barry's sentiment was. And after watching Dave's sermon, the questions I have that people in my own life, I've experienced enough people on both sides that are like, I don't have, I've never experienced that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know God or Jesus the same way you have. So therefore I'm not going to pursue this any further. I have those people in my life. I also have the people in my life that are like, like my, my aunt who passed away last year yeah. as well, her service was very similar. It was like, wow, what a celebration. It is so refreshing to know that she knows God. Okay. And the words Dave's saying, know through personal experience and not intellectually. A, how do we know somebody is that way? I mean, is it the trust factor? And B, how do I know I'm that way? How do I know that... I know God through my, through experience versus my own intellectual. Like when I hear Dave say that my immediate thought is, oh man, what if I'd never had that experience? What if I only know God through my brain and not my heart? And what, you know, I start doubting everything about Mm -hmm. myself. And so I think that's kind of what you're saying is the trust part is the catalyst between being interested in knowing and that to have known. I think the trust is like. The gasoline, it's the ongoing, mm-hmm. it, it's what keeps you going. I think the experience part could be like sensational. You know, some of us have had like, you know, watershed moments Yeah, um, where truth came to light in such a powerful way. Like, like um, Jesus freak cruise. <laughs> yes. That's God help me on this podcast one. today, Jesus. <laughs> I need you. Um, yeah. I mean, some people have radical stories like that or um, experiences where they've witnessed people be healed or Mm -hmm. family members were healed or lives miraculously, you know, brought back from the brink of addictions and things like that. Maybe that was you, maybe that was a person Mm -hmm. you, you yourself brought back from addiction. Some people have experiences that they can point back to. We even talked about that at my mom's funeral, um, an experience in particular, where she was the most afraid she had ever been afraid for her life. Um, my father, uh, my biological father had just been killed and she was literally like hiding in fear mm. and the peace of God surrounded my mom, wrapped her in such peace that defied logic in that moment, defied her understanding. She says, and she told me the story my whole life that she felt the prayers of the little old ladies in her mm. Nazarene church who were praying for her wayward soul. She felt their prayers. And that was the day she decided to 
return like mm-hmm. like the prodigal daughter right she returned to her parents and returned to Christ like that night That's and that awesome. obviously set the tone for, for what would life. be the rest right. of my life right. mm-hmm. um so she could point back to that moment yeah i might not have a moment like that mm-hmm. i have other moments mm-hmm. it's the in between these big watershed moments that I think that's the trust thing and that's a mm-hmm. practice. Yeah. So it's discipline. It's all discipline. If we're I just think. waiting yeah. for big moment, it's right. a big moment. And how come I haven't had my big moment? Well, I've mm-hmm. never heard the voice of the Lord. Well, I've never this, that, or the other. I've never seen anyone healed fill in the blank. I, right. I was talking to a friend just um, the other day um, who really struggles with loneliness. Mm-hmm. And he said, he's been praying and praying. His only prayer since he was 15 was to not be lonely. Mm-hmm. And he's so angry at God that here he is. We're both kind of in our latter thirties and, and he still feels this Lonely. emptiness and this loneliness. Um, and he's waiting like, well, where, where's my big moment? You know? Right. Um, so anyway, some of us kind of live from, we live for those big moments or we we're looking for that. And what I'm trying to say is I think that trust is, is the everyday yeah. activity of yeah. returning to the Lord and making your faith like a, a practice like mm-hmm. every day and not just from sensational moment to sensational moment. I don't know if that makes sense. No, and that I, totally makes sense. I, I feel that I, I would say that that's the grind of it too, yeah. is just every day. And I, I've had those moments where, especially since I started um, speaking from time to time, I will have literal out of body moments where I'm up there, but I'm not like, I know it's the Holy Spirit. Like uh, there's no question. Cause I'm, I don't even feel totally present in the moment. I feel like I'm watching myself kind of That's scary. And, well, I mean, it, well, I can think of one I'm scared. I, yeah, well. <laughs> and so I know, but I, ever since I was a little girl, I've always sensed it has, it's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, just so present in every single moment. Like I feel like I just constantly am dialoguing all day, every day with, with him and, and asking every day for him to be present and show me what I'm supposed to do next or Mm -hmm. what I, who I'm supposed to talk to or how I'm supposed to handle this. And is that natural to you? Do you have to like train yourself to do that? I think you can train yourself to do it. But for me, it's been something that, like I said, since I was a little girl, I would lay in bed and I just knew he was there. Always. I always knew he was there. And so I've been able to just kind of go to that at every, every moment of every day. Mm. And, and even when I'm sad or something's not great, I still know that he's there and I will, and I'll be really honest with him. I mean, I'll have conversations that are not pretty and I'm not very nice and, and I know he can handle it and Mm. he'll get me back to where I need to be. But, um, that, that's the, it's in, you're right. It's in between those, the big moments of like, how on earth did that happen? Like, I know that I know that he did that because there's no other way. But then there, if you look every day, there's usually something that you can point to and say, yeah, that was totally him. Mm-hmm. Like the, I, I almost every day I could say, oh, well, that that had to be him because there's no other way that that happens. Mm-hmm. Even in the small. Yeah. Even in some of the small things, it's you can if you're looking and keenly aware yeah. And I do think that that's something that, that you have to either, it either is something that you're attuned to kind of all the time or you do, it's, it is a practice too, that you have to say, okay, yeah. I, I need you to be present today and I need to, and I have to be uber aware then mm-hmm. and listening and looking 
when you're around this. somebody who knows Jesus, that is something you will never forget. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like, I never, I only got to meet your mom once Marin, but just being at her service, like, man, I wish I knew, I wish I knew her because people like that. Like mm-hmm. I know people, my aunt is a mm-hmm. perfect example. Like people that knew my aunt will never forget Mm-mm. their experience with her because she knows or knew Jesus. Yep. And she, it was a part, it was a thread in her entire life mm. every day. And it, you know, I don't know if she had big moments or not, but uh, of God revealing himself, I'm sure, I'm sure she did, but it wasn't like, it, it was no like intellectual, it was just like, this is a part of her life and it's a part of her every breath almost. Yeah. And when you come across those people, man, you just never forget them. And I'm not, not jealous, jealous, is not the right word, but I, I, I admire and like, there's something about them that I just wish was more natural for me. That just doesn't necessarily feel that way. Like I, I have to try mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really hard so to yeah. like you, you are in constant conversation with the Holy spirit. Yeah. But that I yeah. could go uh, an inordinate, an inordinate <laughs> amount of time yeah. and be like, Oh yeah, God, Hey, yeah. uh, and then just start praying. But like, it's yeah, but- not, it, I have to try really hard for the discipline part yes, of this. I would say that I do too. It do, it doesn't necessarily come naturally to me to, to that sense. My sister referenced in her um, memorial speech that she gave at my mom's memorial that our mother taught us to live a life of prayer. She taught us to pray with our eyes closed and to pray with our eyes open. And she put that in her, her speech because we were driving together some Maybe it was the day before the memorial. I don't know. But my sister and I were driving and we were talking about something heavy. And I just was, dear Jesus, Lord, help us. Oh, this is going to be hard. And I, kind of in the conversational tone right. with my sister in the front seat, we were just talking. And I just, without even thinking, kind of started prayer, prayer talking yep. out loud, driving yep. behind the wheel. And Felicia goes, you do that too? Hmm. My sister said, you do that too? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't know what she was talking about. And she said that her husband has made comments about, man, Felicia, one of the things I love about you is the way you just, you turn everything into a prayer. It doesn't matter if you're pumping gas or if you're putting the babies to bed or he's like, I don't know how you do that. And then we talked about that as sisters realizing, no, that definitely came from our mom. Mm. That, That was her upbringing and her influence in our life. So I don't know that it would come naturally to me on my own. I think it was an example that was set before me. And now I'm walking in that example, whether I realize I'm even doing it or not. Um, but she did, she taught us that our relationship was more than just a Sunday thing. And it was like an all day, every day thing. Plus, it, I'm a mess, so I have to talk to him all day, every day. Because yeah, I know. I mean, if you think I, I'm an emotional person. <laughs> if you think I complain to you, Tyler, you can only imagine what God <laughs> oh has to goodness. hear all day. But seriously, I'm God's I, like, get out of my face. Yeah, he probably is. But I, I have so much to say to him. Like, <laughs> I need to know what's going on. I, I'm, yeah, yeah. Dave talked about surrender toward the end of his message, and he gave. A little list. He kind of rattled them off. He said, can you surrender your doubts? Can you surrender your fears, your skepticism? Mm -hmm. That's me. Your cynicism. That is also me. Can you surrender your future to him? That's Mm. me right now. 
Mm. And can you surrender your present? And I just don't know how to do that without an ongoing Mm. act of surrender, even verbally out loud, pumping the gas wherever I am. I feel like I just have to surrender all day. Yes. (laughs) All All right. All right. This may not make it to the pod. I might edit this out. Okay. But when you do that, I always think you're like annoyed with me when you're like, dear Jesus, get get me through this pod. (laughs) I'm like, oh, she's just annoyed with me. You're not like really praying. Well, that too. I'm really praying. (laughs) She's praying about her annoyance. Like, Lord, get me through this podcast. I cannot get through this pod. Like, okay. Moving on. Sorry. I'm really sorry. Sometimes my prayers leak out. <laughs> Without even knowing that they're coming. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah, that's that That would, the person in my life that like your mom and your aunt would be my grandmother was just, mm. there was never a time in her presence that you didn't feel a sense of peace. A, like you, you just wanted to be around her. Yeah. Because she exuded everything that you would imagine. Yeah someone who loves Jesus should be about everything. Like there was never hardly a moment I can, and I know she wasn't perfect because none of us are, but there was hardly a moment that I was with her that I didn't feel like almost feel the Holy spirit through her. Like it it was, Mm -hmm. and, and she, when she passed, it was like, I mean, she was so, she was ready to go for years and not in a bad way. She, I mean, she lived her life fully. She was driving till she was 90. She worked till she was 90. She, I mean, she had a very full, not what the world would say was a full life, but what we know is a full life. She had the the context of this sermon, absolutely the fullest life. But I knew that she would not, she would have been fine any day the Lord called her home. She would have been more than ready to go and be in his presence and yeah. such a sense of peace. And um, it was just, it was a joy to be in her presence because you just yeah. felt comforted. That's that's why I'm thankful that he brought up Chuck Gross. Yeah. Somebody that every everybody at Grace can put a face to. Because yep. uh, you knew Dave's mom, but yeah. maybe not everybody here did. Right. But everybody knows Chuck Gross yeah. because he's been here for a long time and he has served each one of like he's a friend of the pod. Yep. <laughs> I don't know how old he is, but he's he's a it's friend of the 70s. pod. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, he like is... our, he's he's not our target audience, but right. he's been a faithful <laughs> listener. Sorry. Do we have a target audience? Yeah. What? Apparently we it's do. Jaden. <laughs> Jaden Gaffron. <laughs> then we are doing a terrible. Yeah. Job. No, Jayden but he, he target. Chuck has been a faithful yeah. listener to this podcast yeah. since yeah. the day it. Published and served in our care center from the moment it opened. Yeah, like he's been he's been the example of like, oh, I want to have a, a strong faith. It's like, oh, well, you got to go talk to Chuck. Mm-hmm. Like, to, he'll get you involved in church. He'll help you like mm-hmm. find community. He'll you know, encourage you. He'll encourage you. He'll make you feel like a part of this this place. You just show like go introduce him Chuck, to Chuck. My dad actually, who is eight eighty eight, and you know, my mom's going through a lot of the same things that Dave's mom. Yeah was going through toward the end with dementia and Amy, you um, got to talk into the microphone. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I thought I was. My mom's anyway, going through a lot of this. Stop it. Right now. <laughs> so she's going through all this. And uh, Chuck also led on Mondays, um, uh, an oh, yeah. older men's Bible study. And so my mm-hmm. dad was a part of that. And I mean, 
Chuck is like one of my dad's favorite people on the face of the earth. And he actually got some time to talk to Chuck on the phone the other day because my dad's not getting to church very often. Um, And Chuck asks about my dad every time he sees me. He's like, how's your dad? I miss your dad. And it was just such an uplift with all that Chuck is going through right Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. My dad was his spirit was lifted. Mm. by talking to Chuck for about 20 minutes on the phone. Like yeah. that, that was. Our listeners can read his words. Yes. Yeah. Um, which, Chuckgrossblog.wordpress.com. Yes. Yeah. Powerful writings from both uh, Chuck and his Vivian, wife. Who and she, she's a writer. She's been on the pod. But Chuck is one of those people, I haven't read all of his blog posts, but he is somebody that is open about mm-hmm. how he is looking forward to being in Jesus and God's presence, mm-hmm. right? But the world is like, no, Chuck, don't leave because of, because oh, he's yeah. somebody that knows God. Mm-hmm. He knows Jesus. And you, if you're around Chuck for any amount of time, you know that this man knows Jesus. Yeah. Yes, you I, do. I think part of the fear, and I'm, I'm formulating these thoughts right now, as I sit across from here, from you and listening to you talk. I think part of the fear is when somebody who is just a giant of the faith in our eyes passes on first of all we feel a void we feel a loss but then we feel a fear of like oh now now that it's my turn it's Mm. me like if if i've lost my mom Mm -hmm. and i fear you know what the world has lost or what her community has lost what certainly what our family has lost yes what made my mom great was that she loved god and loved people Mm. that's why her funeral was packed out that love isn't here anymore. Mm. And then it's like, a, Oh no. Yeah. Now that, that has to be me. Like I, I have to step up. I have to carry on what I admired about her. I have to become what I admired about her. Um, and, and we do like you just talked about at the beginning of this podcast, you feel like, Oh, I could never be Dave. Right. We look at those people like Chuck or my mom or Dave or whoever and think, Oh, I, Oh, I can never be that. Yeah. When the truth is we could, I think we're, we're afraid of what it would take. We're afraid we don't have what it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I was talking to somebody, um, who also just experienced, uh, loss, um, after church Sunday, she, she lost her husband back in November and, you know, she came and hugged me after service saying, I'm so sorry to hear about your mom. And, and I'm like, Oh my goodness, you yourself are grieving and, and you're comforting me and my grief. It was just, mm. Um, it was profound. And I told her what I had felt being with my mom when she took her last breaths, when she went home to be with Jesus, my first feeling was, okay, now it's my turn. I just didn't want to be on this earth without her. Mm -hmm. It's my turn. You got to go. I'm right behind you, mom. It's my turn. Mm -hmm. I have kids to live for. I have plenty to live for. I get that. But that initial void was just, okay. Now it's my turn. I'm coming, you know, but what I'm feeling now is more what I just said, the legacy that she has left of loving God and loving people. It sounds so simple, but it's not. No, it's not at all. But now it's my turn. It's my turn. She lived her life of love and faithfulness. She lived her example and her race is one but I'm still in my race and now it's my turn. Mm. Yep. That's, yeah. Yeah. And so 
he ends his sermon asking people, you know, what's keeping you from surrendering? Have you surrendered your, your future, your fears, your anxieties? There's more than enough room in the father's house. And so I think that's why we had 50 baptisms mm-hmm. it's because people were sitting there and needed to answer that question for themselves. Mm-hmm. That was so cool. Yeah, it was. That was so cool. As hard as it was to take the, the stage after, you know, sobbing through Dave's message and hearing him sing. Don't we just love when Dave sings? Yes. Yeah. We not just love when Dave sings. <laughs> Dave, we love when you sing. Um, yeah, I knew that one of the songs I had planned for that set was who you say I am mm-hmm. in my father's house. There's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yes, I am. And singing those words, watching person after person, young and adult, yep. all the people surrendering publicly, going under the water and back up. Oh my goodness. Mm. It was so powerful and so encouraging. And yeah, I needed that to, to keep moving forward and keep running my race. It's such an encouraging thing, watching people surrender. Yeah, it is. It was, it was cool. Very cool. Yeah. And so I had written down in the context of relief, which is a sermon series we're in, a message like this, how is it designed to give us relief? But I think you just answered it. There's room, there's a place for me. Mm. And if I, and your sermon the week before about the cure to loneliness is love. And if there's a place for me, whether you feel lonely or something, yeah, there's room in my father's house. There's a place for me here. Mm-hmm. That is, that is the context yeah. under which this fits in relief. Yeah, it's it's a very large house, <laughs> and I feel like it it starts here. One of the things that uh, the friend I mentioned earlier struggling with loneliness, we've known each other since we were really young, and I said, you know, the one thing I feel like has been missing since college, have you found a church home? Hmm. It's hard. It's hard to say. You know, I'm. It's hard, but it's not hard. Like, it's cool. We can talk like that. But yeah, it, that. In my father's house, there's a place for me. We could think about that in reference to heaven, which in this context is absolutely true and what we were talking about. But it's also what we're talking about here. This house, right. As the church, right. Here as in heaven. Mm -hmm. His house begins here and there's absolutely a place for you, especially if you're feeling lonely. There is a place for you here in the father's house. Hmm. And I feel like, feel like it's like a giant apartment building and you just keep on moving up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. mom leveled mm. up mm-hmm. and mm. she is, she's on those upper levels of the house. Now I can't go there yet, but I will. Right. And I'll see her there. Mm. She's still in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've been saying that so much to my kids too, is just, you know, this, a lot of, a lot of people in general, but I think younger generations are just struggling so much. We talk about it all the time with anxiety and fear and loneliness. And I'm, I just keep trying to impress upon them that there is a community that, that wants to, to wrap their arms around you and love you. You got to show up and let them do that. And it's not going to take it away. I'm not promising that, but it can make it better. It can make it more bearable you can have somebody that can journey with you and help point you in the right direction and pray for you and encourage you. And 
you know, I've have so many people in my life that pray for me, but more importantly to pray for my family and my Mm. kids. Yeah. And I just keep reminding them of that too. Like you're standing on the prayers of all sorts of people in my life, Mm -hmm. but I want you to be able to stand on some of the prayers and encouragement and love of some people in your life that are, that are encouraging you and, and helping. And that's, that's where some relief can come to when the people of God are doing our job as his followers and loving people well and, mm-hmm. and welcoming them in and caring about them and praying for them and encouraging them and challenging them when it needs to be. That's, that's the beauty of what he left the church to do mm-hmm. when he gave us the keys to the kingdom and said, you'll do greater things than me. Well, it's time for us to do greater things, mm-hmm. I think. I I think so, but I do think that this weekend is kind of the ultimate relief, isn't it? Like knowing, knowing what the future holds as far as, um, eternity and, and having a room in that house to me, that is, that's something that even people that don't know they're searching for it or searching for it. Yeah. Like that's what brings everything into perspective and gives you purpose in this life and the one beyond. And so it's, it really, it almost, I don't know, it, maybe it should have kicked off the whole series because it's kind of, I it think, is kind of the one. So, but that is true. Come as I and am. Was, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then this past weekend is like ultimate yeah. future. And yeah. then to wrap it up, we're ending the series on Dave talking about how our purpose right. transcends the ordinary, how we can find relief in our calling and meaning. And that's like your... That's like now, like come as you are. Mm-hmm. Here's what, here's what's way ahead of, for you if you surrender, right, right. but also here's what's right now yep. as well. Cause you have purpose right now. Yeah. And that purpose, it all it full circle. Cause your purpose, who you're called to be and what you're called to do all leads back to being the church and, and doing what yeah. our unique calling and, and yeah, it's, it's all, loving all wrapped God up and right. loving people, uh, people. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just follow those two roles and the world would be a much better place if we would just do that. Trying. Which I know, which is another thing that I think all of us would say about the people in our lives that encompassed that faith that we're talking about. Mm. They loved God and they loved people mm-hmm. really well. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely say that about about your mom, like to be in her presence, you felt loved, even if you didn't know her super well. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's a Holy Spirit kind of, you but got to be loving God really well to be able to love people like that. Mm-hmm. So that's. You thinking? Yeah. Well, I was going to say at your mom's service, like I keep talking about your mom's service. I'm sorry if like you don't want to, but I keep talking about it because it impacted me when you said there was something you said, she used to watch you <laughs> sing at Grace on, on the. Yeah stream and she might've been best friend of the pod. Like she was, she, <laughs> she was probably the only person who's upset that we didn't, we're she, still not doing Facebook. Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause she would, she would listen to the pod and watch and it. Watch right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right, right. She'd take it in twice a week, yes. every week. <laughs> but something you said is if she saw, well, she would repost your worship sets on yeah. her Facebook page. Page <laughs> and anybody who commented, even watched it, even, or okay, even watched it, she would handwrite that person's name on a sheet and pray for that person. 
Okay. Okay. When you said that, I just got this like feeling in my heart. I was like, man, maybe she prayed for me once because she listened to the pod. Maybe she wrote my name down once or twice, which made me feel like amazing. Yeah. 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 And when you come into contact with these types of people, man, you just never forget it. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt she prayed for you. I thought it was the most unconventional, strange thing she could have done. Holding her (laughs) cell phone up to her computer screen to take a video of the live stream. Because the live stream disappears, as we all know. Yes, the music does. she wanted to share it with all of her friends. So she recorded it, holding her cell phone up to the (laughs) screen. And I was... I was a little perturbed by it. Like, mom, why are you doing right. this? And please stop tagging me in it. That's just really <laughs> weird. That's and embarrassing, mom. It's weird. But then I saw the the papers where she hand wrote everyone's name. And who what watched was, it. Who watched it. Not even who commented. Just if you tuned in, even for three seconds, she wrote your name down. Or you heart loved you. it. If you loved it, you oh, probably. Man. Oh, my goodness. Maybe two prayers. Then for that I have gotten a couple of prayers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm going to feel it now. She's going to have to be praying from she, heaven. She live streamed you giving a message. And then the next thing I heard from her was, oh, Amy got a new sweater. <laughs> yes. Well, my wife says stuff like that. Because you, yeah. you told me and I was like, I love that so much. Like everything about that makes my heart so happy. Yeah. Like my mom spent a lot of time in your closet rummaging through. Yeah, but just that she even cared. That's, that's, yeah. yeah. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Amy, thanks for being here today. It was a joy. Yeah. It's always fun to be with Marin. Well, just, (laughs) just kidding. It's always a joy and we're praying for you. Eat it, haters. (laughs) We're praying for you and Lauren and Milo as you enter a new phase of life. Exciting days ahead. We'll see. It's going to be awesome. It'll be good. And and exhausting, but awesome. Yeah, it'll be it's it'll be, be good. The best. Yeah, uh, Marin, you you're in charge now. Yep, <laughs> oh, you're man. taking the reins. You know that I can't do that. <laughs> That's not a thing. Okay, that doesn't happen. Well, hopefully there will be a between Sundays. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see what we could do. We'll see. Between now and then, will you uh, please send us out though? Sure, man. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>